Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Little Chapters podcast. I'm Kate and I'm Jess and today we are talking about life advice and I say it like that because I'm not really sure what this episode's going to be like. So Jess, do you want to kind of talk through a bit of the inspiration behind this episode? Oh, it's quite brief, but yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's the, well, I listen to loads and loads of podcasts and I always like to get snippets of advice from them. And then I, the other day was listening to the Grazia podcast, which is Grazia life advice and they get different guests on every week and they share six pieces of advice that are good and then one piece of advice that they that are bad and I thought I think Kate and I could do that I think it might be quite fun so here we are although I wish we I wish you were here today I wish that we were face to face today why I well why today I I don't know I just feel like I'm looking forward to seeing you soon like I've not seen you for ages and it's one that I feel like, yeah, I wish that we were doing face-to-face. Not that I don't, like, want you here all the time. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't read it like that. Today is really weird because I actually feel like I'd like to see you. I'd actually like to see your face today. I don't know, I'm just in a really upbeat mood today. <laughs> I think it's, it's definitely something to do with my cycle. I can turn on my video on Skype if you like. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I would hate that. You hate video. Uh, yeah, because I get really... Like, I forget that I'm on video and then I remember... Like, I've done a time-lapse before of me recording a podcast. And, like, halfway through, I realised, like, I'd pulled my jumper up and was, like, rubbing my belly. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I'll just remove that bit. (laughs) Take that bit out. No, you can't... It's hard, isn't it, when you're doing time-lapse because it goes on for so long. (laughs) It's very, very easy to forget. I remember that video, though, because that's when I realised I was too far away from my microphone because I was watching your time lapse. I was like, oh, my God, Kate's <laughs> eating the microphone. I'm I'm miles away from it when I'm doing it. So I actually got value out of that, don't oh, worry. Oh, good. I'm glad it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a total flop with the whole jumper fiasco. <laughs> yeah. But no, life advice. I, I don't know. I just thought it might be... I'm intrigued to see well I put it to you didn't I so Mm. I've structured this podcast but I've been very clear that you're not to tell me what your favorite (laughs) three pieces of life advice are and nor will I tell you so I'm interested to see what yours are whether they're from yourself Mm -hmm. things that you've come up with or whether they're from other people so I don't know, how do you want to do it? Do you want to like back and forth or do you want me to do my three first and then you do you three, your three, which I think we'll back and forth because otherwise people listening are going to get sick of one or the other of our voices. <laughs> Fair enough. Good shout. You kick off with and This can be any first. life advice. Yeah. It can be any. How do you feel about life advice in general? Are you into it or do you hate it? I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Like I'm not a big person for quotes and things like that like occasionally I'll see something and be like hmm (laughs) I also don't see something and fall off my chair in like the shock (laughs) very often you know it's more like and I also think that I take things in via osmosis a lot more like I, I can't where I struggled with with this was think of like standout moments of or snippets of advice because a lot of things just kind of filter into me a bit more than 
then I can go back through my life and be like, oh, yes, I remember when I read this one thing or this one person said something to me and it's absolutely, that was a turning point in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Would you feel differently about this if it was business advice? No. Which is your expert topic. No, because I kind of am doing business advice. <laughs> I know, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like, that's what you do. Mm. Yeah, no, because I did. I just, there is never one thing. Which, oh, I okay. mean, bonus piece of advice. So it's, the, <laughs> it's the having to whittle it, it down to one yeah, thing. It's like, there's not one thing you can say. Well, we can, we've only got like an hour. We've only got enough money to pay for an hour's edit. So we, can, <laughs> we can't just go through all the advice in the world. I thought it'd be interesting to whittle it down to three. Do you want to yeah. go first? No, you go first. Okay, so I think you're going to like this one. Okay. This piece of advice came from a podcast that I was listening to. It comes from Dolly Alderton's podcast, Love Stories. I don't know if you listen to that one. I bet you don't listen to that one. Nope. Nope. Doesn't sound very very you. It was the first episode that she did, and it was with Vanessa Kirby, who plays Princess Margaret in The Crown, which is why I ended up listening to Princess Margaret's Desert Island Discs (laughs) yesterday. That answers the question. Because you were like, what? Because I sent you a screenshot, didn't I? Mm. And I was like, do you ever get into weird obsessions with people? You're like, how did you get into that obsession? <laughs> yeah. That's why. I was listening to Vanessa Kirby being interviewed on Dolly's podcast. And she praised Princess Margaret. And as a crown fanatic, you must love the crown. No, I don't watch stuff. Oh, I thought I had you down as a real crown fan oh, I'm obsessed with it she's not in the new series but anyway she was in the last one absolutely love her so I was listening to this interview that she did with Dolly Alderton and it's a really good episode actually but this piece of advice really stood out for me and it's whatever you want more of give it to somebody and she uses an, she uses an example of loneliness and she says if you're feeling lonely go and you know at a party find the loneliest person in the room who's staring at their phone and reach out to them or if you want more writing work help someone else become a writer so whatever it is that you want more of give that away to somebody else Mm. I loved it so when you hear advice generally I guess do you start immediately applying it to your own life or do you immediately immediately I gobble up advice because I'm I'm such a big learner I love to learn new things and I love to grow. So any bits of advice I can get, I'm like, you know, putting them in the metaphorical basket, Mm. collecting them everywhere. But I just loved that. I loved how selfless it was as a piece of advice. And I loved how it gives you an action to take. Mm -hmm. I thought it was wonderful. And I love how it can be applied to anything, literally anything. So it's a case of, you know, instead of wallowing, basically because we get back what we put out mm. and this links back to our well, yeah episode. do you know what this was exactly what I was about to say is that I'm not surprised that you like that because it's so law of attraction it is power of the universe like, yeah but I'm not surprised that that element of it drew you in I'm um, inter- did she talk about it in terms of sort of law of attraction and things like that or was she more matter of fact about it I think she was a little bit more matter of fact about it. She also linked it with, oh, your life's not about you, Mm. which I didn't, I didn't put that in my list. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, she sort of linked it with that. And she, you know, came from the approach that live your life 
for not for other people mm. but as a way of getting out of that hole of self-obsession yeah i guess which is something that i can very often worry that i get into so it's a huge fear of mine that i'm a complete self-obsessed narcissist so to, you know bits of advice like that that sort of push me away from wallowing about myself i love it and i i can think about when I've actually taken action and done things like that I don't know things like I'm thinking about work so Instagram say really wanted you know there's a time when I was so so desperate to grow my Instagram account and obviously what you want when you want to grow your Instagram account you want more follows you want more likes and more comments so if that's what you're wanting give that away Mm -hmm. to other people and I know for a fact that that actually that works Mm -hmm. in an an Instagram example that does work the more you put out the more you get back from an engagement point of view now I love that piece of advice Mm. interesting yeah okay so my first piece and this is a unintentional plug for my other podcast (laughs) so we talked about Susanna Conway in the Woo episode and I interviewed her on my Grow With Soul podcast because she's my hero. And at the end of every episode, I always ask people the same question, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? And her answer to that was, I know and I remember that the answers are already inside me. And just that kind of line of the answers are already inside me has really, really stuck with me. And is something actually that I have gone back to quite a lot as the kind of first part of this year has been quite turbulent for me in various different ways that that has been a real kind of mast for me to always go back and hold on to and to just regroup in that headspace of the answers already inside of me just like block it all out sit with yourself you already know Mm. it's so weird I've I've written about this in a blog post yesterday (gasps) I know. (laughs) And I wrote about it in reference to dressing for yourself. So it came back to like wardrobe stuff. And I wrote about how you know what's best for you and the answers are already inside. Mm. And then I picked it in a way where that can either liberate people or it can terrify them. Yeah. Because I remember when I first came across that kind of idea... I'd not spoken to my own intuition in years, if ever. Mm -hmm. So the idea that I then had to, you know, turn the ship around and stop looking outwardly Mm. and, you know, bury down and find out what those answers were, where they were, that really, really freaked me out Mm -hmm. because I didn't have that, a very good relationship with myself to be able to do that. It felt scary. What felt easier was, can't you just tell me? Yeah. Can't you just tell me what to do? Because that would be so much easier. Like, give me a textbook. Give me a method. Give me a flowchart, please. Mm. But it's quite fascinating that you've said that made you feel better. I would imagine that would make you feel worse. Really? In what way? Yeah, because because you love the not the rules, but you love following a process. I think. Or maybe not. Have no, I got you wrong? I don't, yeah, I don't really. Yes and no, but I think I've got where there aren't things that there can't be a process for. And I guess for me, it was and it wasn't even like going to sit down and find the answers. It was just 
knowing that it was there. So it's like a weight off the shoulders. Oh, okay. Yeah. I it's like, I don't. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I don't need to keep casting out these nets. Mm-hmm. It's already there. It will come out when it's ready. I need mm-hmm. to. I need to be in a better space in order to connect with that. So yeah, I guess it, it was permission to stop searching, looking around, getting in a tiz about things, asking everybody else for permission and what I should do. Mm-hmm. It was a reminder of it's already inside you. Just you know, stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it kind of helped me to reprioritize a little bit, I guess, as well. It just it's something that I found really comforting. Of you know, you're not going to find it outside, so you don't you don't have to do all this stuff. You don't have to be str- in this place of stressing and searching. Just let it flow a bit more. I think it's great that you accepted that so quickly. My initial reaction would have been to really fight against that because I not to take quite a while but I didn't trust myself to have the answers like I wouldn't have thought I had any kind of answers whatsoever because I held myself in such low regard yeah that would have really really stressed me out I feel like I'm much more on that level now where I know the answer is you know to come home to yourself to really center yourself around you and your wants and figure out the answers from a, a place of inside but hey I'm the one who came up with the life advice from other people so no wonder I feel like that yeah I and it's it's interesting what you say about self-trust is because you know if you'd asked me like a year ago 18 months ago like is self-trust important to you I wouldn't have really known what you meant but actually in the process of having I don't know what the process was that led to me losing that self-trust but I did suddenly find myself in a situation where I was like oh there's a change that's happened and now I don't trust myself like I used to. And so that advice of the answers already inside you has been a useful path back to that place of having more self-trust and reminding myself to practice self-trust a lot more because it was something that was quite natural to me until I didn't have it. Mm. Yeah, I'm the opposite. It's a completely unnatural thing me I've always looked to other people for all the answers so having to build a relationship with myself or I can trust myself has been tough it's been a really really tough process worthwhile one I wouldn't change it now I, I love that piece of advice I'm all for it I think it's yeah that's a really really good one I love it it's my turn again it's your turn okay this this one comes from Twitter and it comes from a writer that I haven't really read any of her stuff, but this piece of advice I loved so much that I wrote it down on a craft (laughs) post-it and I have it stuck above my desk. So I see it every single day and it's from Anne Lamott, who's an American writer. And it's a piece of writing advice, but it feels much more like life advice. So it is stop not writing. Think of one passage, memory, person, description you could possibly, in brackets, get down on paper. Writing is getting it down on paper. And I feel like while, yes, it's, it is very much a writing quote, I see it more as, you know, to get what you want out of life, you have to do it. Mm. 
There's no way around it. There are no shortcuts. There are no blueprints. The only way to get what you want is to do the work. Mm. And that doesn't have to look like perfect work. It can just be a case of grasping for any kind of progress. So yeah, I have that stuck up on my wall. Absolutely love that. Read it again for me. Okay. Stop not writing. Think of one passage, memory, person, description you could possibly, in brackets, get down on paper. Writing is getting it down on paper. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you about it's being the doing that's important. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think somewhat, I don't know who said this, but somebody said that 50% of success is showing up. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people that want things out of life. They want big things out of life, but they're not willing to do the work to get them. No. And that's what that says to me on a much grander scale. And on a smaller scale, it, it makes me pick up a pen or open up the laptop when I'm whining because I've got, you know, writer's block, which I don't actually believe in. Yeah, it just, it gets me, it gets me moving forwards. It gets me out of that stuck place. And I think that's one of the things that I look for the most with advice. I just want things that get me moving again, Mm. which makes sense because I am someone that can get stuck quite easily. And I like that it's about you as an individual. It's not, Mm -hmm. there's nobody else involved in that whole equation. No, it speaks to you directly. Yeah, it's you, you have to do this thing. Yeah, but that it doesn't have to be what you think it has to be like it can just be one passage it can just be one memory Mm. one description that you could possibly get down on paper like just try just do something Mm. instead of you know as far as writing goes a lot of people moan about not being able to write not having any ideas I can't I can't I can't I think that's true of life in general but yeah, I just love how it kind of, it just gives you a little nudge. I love it. Yeah. And I think as well, it's good, not only like the main thrust of it in terms of just do something, but to do something different because so often that's the way that you unlock things. Mm, yeah. That's something that I found. I know you're very pen and paper and I'm very computer in terms of the way that we work so I will always type something up just because like I get frustrated using pen and paper my my hand my hand can't work fast enough for my brain um but what I have when I was writing my first course I was trying to do it in my usual linear way and then in the end I actually just like grabbed a big piece of paper and did like some flow charts. And I'm not usually that kind of thinker. I like lists and bullet points, but I just needed to do something different, write something different to what I was trying to write in order to unblock and get some flow with it. Yeah, it's, it gives you permission to do what you want to do in any way that facilitates it to happen, basically, yes. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it takes you out of that, is this right? is this wrong? Am I doing it right? Am I failing? Mentality and opens up a whole new world of possibilities of ways to get things done. Now, I love it. I love it for for two reasons. I love it for its its literal meaning. And then me being me, I love it for its metaphorical meaning as well. (laughs) And I can, I can blow it up or I can shrink it down and it still works the same. Okay, your turn. 
this feels very sleepover, you know. Oh, yeah. You're getting that feeling. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you go, you go, <laughs> truth or dare. I love it. My truth is. So it's it's something that I find myself saying through my content a lot of the time, and actually also to you quite a lot of the time, which is, it's not about you. Mm. Oh, I love this and one. in so many different ways. And I think that we as human beings full stop but particularly operating in a digital world tend to center ourselves in ways that are actually harmful to ourselves so particularly I'm thinking in kind of social situations of why hasn't so-and-so messaged me back why isn't so-and-so follow me or oh they've I've upset them I've done this blah, blah, blah. it's like actually to stop and go it's not about me you know, there are so many other reasons for this piece of behavior that's not about me and to really kind of relish that there is another explanation here that isn't just me being an awful human being and then on the other side of it in terms of things like marketing and content where people go very much into uh, what do I want to say? What do I want to get out? Like, why don't... And me, 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 going in from that very point of view. Like, actually, just... It's not about you. Nobody really cares about you. Just create great stuff for other people. And that's the thing that's going to help you get to where you want to be. And I personally find that very freeing to be like, nobody really cares what I do. Nobody's watching me that closely. Like, I've got space and freedom to to experiment and mess up if I do mess up. And that that is a real relief and kind of something to celebrate like you know nobody really cares that much so let's just let's just take the weight out of this because it nobody else notices apart from us and a kind of third thing is and this is a really kind of digital one in terms of thinking do I need to add my voice here when there are things happening in the world or you know things kicking off or viral trends things like that it's is this actually about me (laughs) does do I add value here does my do I need to add a voice to this and to actually just get that bit of perspective around that of oh this isn't this isn't about me like this isn't a place for me to be adding my voice Mm. yeah I completely agree and I feel like it comes back slightly to the first point which is about living from a place of service so I think you know things being about other people Mm. as opposed to being self-absorbed and thinking that the whole world revolves around you I mean there there are some people that would be quite disappointed by that piece of advice (laughs) I can think of a few but I agree after that initial you know what no one no one cares about Mm. me I agree I think it's an incredibly freeing piece of advice you like the freeing advice don't you anything that frees you up yeah I'm and I've done some work on this recently I've read a book called the seven questions to find your purpose and what came out of the end of that process was like because he gets you to frame it in terms of I serve the purpose of and mine was seizing freedom so it's very like I just we've got all this baggage and conditioning and like just it doesn't exist (laughs) you know all these things that you're imagining people are thinking or saying about you doesn't exist so don't don't live your life by it because it's not even real and to exist in a space where you 
it's like and maybe this is an introvert thing and why it appeals to me so much of it's almost like you're in your own little bubble or your own little cave just like creating magic potions and nobody nobody can see nobody minds and you're just having a great time having a great life just doing what you want to do because nobody else really knows or cares and do you find that's true because I think it's always fascinating to look at pieces of advice or statements like this and assess it from your own behavior so do you think about other people all the time or are you too busy thinking about yourself as well I think I'm I've got better at knowing it's not about me I think I definitely yeah, have it's not but it's not a bad thing I notice it all the time with yes. myself I'm never thinking about other people when I walk into a room at I don't know why I want to say a party because I don't I don't go to <laughs> All parties. Those parties. All those parties <laughs> I go to, I'm thinking back. I'm probably thinking back to um, teenage days yeah. and you know nights going out. I didn't care what anybody else was wearing. I was much more concerned with myself and mm. what everybody thought of me. But it makes sense then that I'm worrying about what they think of me. But they're just worrying about what I think of them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely like that, and and it works in terms of like your Instagram and thing like that. You're thinking, oh my god, <laughs> somebody's going to come here and they're going to be like, oh my god, why is that grid like that? Whereas actually, they're just worrying about their grid, and when they come to your Instagram or or whatever, they're like, well, what can I get out of this? You know, they're not worrying about those finer details, and that's what I do. It's things like if I find somebody I'm um, I'm just there going well what am I going to get up get out of signing up for mm-hmm. this mailing list or what am I going to what am I going to get out of this because <laughs> that's what we do as humans so yeah it is and I'm not looking at anywhere that I want to like pull them up or call them out or say you're doing this wrong or you're doing this amazingly it's just more like what's in this for me I think we're hardwired as as humans aren't we yeah. to to think that way it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing it's natural I find it in conversations as well if I I don't know I'll say something and the way someone interprets it can be completely completely different to what I mean Mm. because they're thinking about it from their own point of view yeah this is what I always say to people who are maybe they're leaving their job and they're setting up their business or they're setting up their business while they're in a full-time job and somebody called Graham <laughs> who works oh yeah yeah, yeah will be, he'll be like oh you that's so risky oh you'd never be able to do it or that's because Graham is trying to think about if Graham was going to leave his job tomorrow and work in his own business and Graham hasn't had the experience that you've had maybe spending a year putting together the the foundation stones for this business and so we take graham as read of oh god yeah it is really hard and difficult but like Mm -hmm. no graham's talking about graham not actually talking about you and your situation but then we're so quick to internalize all that stuff when really it had nothing to do with Mm. us in the first place Mm -hmm. no i absolutely love this i feel again thinking about myself (laughs) obviously (laughs) i can apply that to minimalism quite a lot so when people come to the house or they see how I live quite differently, like, you know, with a less than 50 piece capsule wardrobe or, oh, I don't do this. Like I don't do baby showers because I hate them or, oh, I don't do, we don't do Christmas presents or any, yeah, any kind of different sort of life choice. When people have very strong opinions on it, it's all about them. Mm. 
it's not it's actually got nothing to do with me because at the end of the day they don't really care about what I'm doing it just flags up thoughts in their own head about their own lives mm-hmm. and then they sort of project those objections out onto you yeah and that's taken me a while a while to learn because I used to feel quite worried about what other people would think and say and I used to hide you know how much I love to simplify how much I love to declutter and how I love a spacious home with not much stuff in it because I would I would really really worry about what other people would think and it's taken a while for me to realize that oh that's actually it's all about them it's not about me and then to go one step further to say and that's their problem not mine Mm mm-hmm and I f- that's like a whole new sense of freedom for me. Love that piece of advice. Mm. And that reminds me actually, just wrapping it up and adding in another bonus piece of advice. Um, Fern Cotton wrote from in- the woman who didn't want to do the life <laughs> advice episode. I did not want to do it. <laughs> yeah, Fern Cotton wrote in her red column about how people can throw the ball at you, but you don't have to catch it. Oh, she talks about that in her book. And yeah, that is just something that I have also kind of said to myself, like, just don't catch it. Don't catch that ball. (laughs) That's not my Mm. ball. I'm not catching it, you know? It's not my ball. Yeah. Is it my last one? It's your last one. My last one. Oh, okay. This is a personal one because my other two have been from other people. Well, it's not really. It's just from, I just haven't heard it on a podcast or read it in a book or read it on Twitter. It's one that comes from my old, my old pony club days from the world of competing in um Mm -hmm. in horses and there's quite a famous saying that always goes around and it is pay close attention to those who don't clap when you win Mm, I feel like I might have seen something like this in a meme (laughs) you know or words to that effect yeah yeah it was always thrown around quite a lot and yes it applied very much to the you know green-eyed monsters and actually in the competing circles but I feel like it filters out so much further than that and I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with the right people Mm -hmm. and I'm very hyper aware of people who maybe don't want good things for me and do have ulterior motives and don't have the best intentions and probably a little bit too hyper aware of it yeah but. I think you are a little bit in thanks no no but I know <laughs> I'm my psychoanalysis done <laughs> yeah I think you're right no <laughs> thanks Kate no because if I and so for me listen to that I get a pang of guilt because I because you're thinking about you. Yeah, and it, that's what I mean. It ties in so much. I with, love proving that because theory. Because the reason why I wouldn't clap for something would never be because of that other person because it was making me feel like a failure, mm-hmm. you know? And it wouldn't be that I wished bad things for that other person. It would be that I was just so self-obsessed in that moment that I couldn't think of anything other than myself. So I think like it's it is good to, you know, look at that consistently. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so I remember when my I think I might have told this story somewhere before, but a friend of mine when we got our degree results got a first and I was so bitterly upset about having not got one. I I couldn't speak to her for like a day. And it wasn't that I wasn't happy for her. I was just so disappointed that it wasn't me, that I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. 
Oh, God. See, I wouldn't have been able to cope with that. Definitely not mm. in uni days. That would have absolutely crushed me. That would have absolutely crushed me. So maybe it comes from a place of knowing what kind of people are good for me and what aren't. Mm. But, yeah, I do. I only want to be surrounded by people who are... And I don't know if this has come from a place of therapy, actually, because I've worked a lot on my own self-awareness and it's something that, you know, funds and time permitting, I would recommend anybody do who's having any kind of struggles. But going through, I think I'm like 18 months into therapy now, I've got got a new level of self-awareness that I can't switch off. And what it's meant is that I see things in other people that they maybe don't see in themselves Mm -hmm. because they don't have that level of self-awareness and that can make it very difficult for me to be friends with them and it can be difficult to have them in my life and it's it's definitely not my job to call them out on that kind of stuff and say you know start psychoanalyzing people that's that's not my I don't want to do that but more and more I've found that I want to be surrounded by people who do have a certain level of self-awareness and a certain level of self not belief but kind of you know strength from within Mm. where they're not threatened by other people they're not jealous they don't enjoy it when other people fall I don't want people like that in my life and that's very very important to me I want to be happy for other people I was I was laughing like have you changed your mind about having me in your life now (laughs) Kate it's not all about you (laughs) This is not about you. <laughs> I, have a, I have a really high bar for people who I surround myself with. And that quote helps me. Mm. And you see them. You see them everywhere. When something good happens in your life, you'll notice the ones. It, it might not be that they don't clap for you when you get a red rosette, but you'll notice them and you'll feel it. And yeah, unless they're family, I just I just don't feel like I've got I've got space for it because I find it so draining because then what it makes me want to do is play down my own success and I don't think anyone should have to do that for anybody. Mm. Do you disagree? <laughs> do you no, think your friends should have lied about the first? No, 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 I don't. I don't and and that is oh, good. <laughs> it's something that I hold a, a lot of shame around is that that is something that I go to and I've always kind of almost called it's not like I never I'm never happy if something bad happens for someone, you know, which is the actual definition of schadenfreude. But I have more of a, when something good happens to people, it makes me feel awful about myself. Right, okay. So it's not that you really revel in people. No, not at all. Like, if so, like, because I'm very empathetic in that way. If something ha- mm-hmm. bad happened, like, I could, I almost couldn't bear it as much as the mm-hmm. other person. But yeah, sometimes when somebody gets something that, is something that I've wanted or yeah it just it go it, it really and maybe it's a overachieving only child thing but it really plays into my kind of <laughs> ambitious competitive side I don't know but that's just I don't know I, I think it's interesting that you pull that out as a piece of advice and you see it very much through your lens of your experience and my experience is mm-hmm. very different mm-hmm and I think there's more nuance in there than perhaps you might have expected. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that there's there's a lot in there, but obviously I'm thinking about it from myself mm-hmm. and my own point of view yeah. and how how toxic it can be to surround yourself with people who don't want good things for you. And I've had a lot of people like that in my life, but you don't see it that way. You don't, because you're seeing it from a perspective where 
it's not that you want bad things for people. It's just that it makes you feel bad. So it depends on which way you interpret it. Yeah, it's not that I don't want good things for you. I just want them for me as well. I I don't think I don't think that you want bad things to happen to me. No, I don't. <laughs> don't worry. And that's the thing. I think there's with this you have to bring your own self trust and your own yeah. kind of what you read into people. Uh huh. And that it's not just you know you can usually tell what kind of place something is coming from. You, yeah, you know that the people who want bad things for you. <laughs> You, you can tell and I have had people like that in my life and they're no good so it's important to pay attention especially when maybe even new people are coming into your life mm. yeah so just to clarify for everyone listening I wish good things for Jessica <laughs> can we just should we start the um show notes with that yeah. I wish good things for you too I wish everybody has good things happening to them <laughs> What's your last bit? So it, I'm I'm going to be honest here. When we started recording, I only had two things <laughs> because I really I really struggled, and like it wasn't that I didn't want to do this episode. I just really struggled to be able to think of specific things. And I think because, like I said at the beginning, it's not something that I kind of really think about very often. But one thing that has come through for me, and it is actually very similar to your second one but different is about the people who are doing it are doing it and Ah. this is a conversation that we had when we went to wild meadow and we were kind of yeah we've had this conversation a lot yeah we were like how how are the people do it like these people who are really doing it what are they doing and then we went through and they're like they're just they're just doing the work they're just getting on with it so when you say people that are doing it maybe just expand a little bit on that just maybe (laughs) to clarify doing it but i mean like having the success that they want doing the work they want having the fulfilled life that they want generally just winning their own version of winning at life And actually, an example that I was thinking of is when I was, I don't know, maybe 22, 23, when it was whenever Zoe Sugg's first book came out. I was living in Basingstoke at the time and I was walking through the shopping centre festival place and they had water stones and they had her poster outside and the books all piled up. And I was just like, ugh, she does not deserve that. That's very honest of you to say that. And I know you won't be alone in that, but not many people would admit it. So I'm, I'm, I'm clapping for you right now. That's amazing. And I had a conversation later with one of my friends being like, oh God, can you believe that Zoella's got a book out? Like how ridiculous. And he was like, well, she wrote it. She did it. Why doesn't she deserve it? And that was like a really big, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's the reason she's got a book and I don't because she wrote one and I didn't she did the stuff she built she built the thing and and you know you and I are both massive fans of Zoe huge watch her videos love her love Zoe no shade to Zoe Zoe. but I mean and that was a real actual turning point in my life of oh I don't just deserve things because I'm smart or I want them you know Mm. it was like you actually have to do do the thing to get the thing (laughs) It's like letting go of your entitlement, isn't it? Mm. Thinking that the the universe owes you things. Yeah. When actually it doesn't necessarily. You have to do things to go after what's in store for you. Mm. 
And I think it's it, to talk about it in terms of comparison is important because it's very easy and you see it a lot of people saying, oh, well, they've got that or my competitor's doing really well on Instagram. Why aren't I doing really well on Instagram? Um, I want what they've got over there. And actually, like, don't spend your time looking at, if you want it, do it as well. But don't mm. don't be feeling like you deserve it because somebody else has got it. Like, if you, if you want it, you can, you can do it, go and get it, but you can't mm-hmm. just resent somebody else because they're doing the work and you're not. <laughs> I feel like a really common theme through all these pieces of advice has been to get out of your own head. Yeah. I feel like that's that's weaved throughout every single piece of advice that we've given. Mm. Did you have a bad one? Because I know I really wanted to know what your worst piece of advice was that you've been given or heard or just something that you hate. Well, I struggled with this one. And this is when I was thinking, I think because I block out a lot of stuff that doesn't work for me. I'm just like, nope, bye, out of my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to think of like some good advice that I'd been given in real life. And I was thinking about an old boss. And when I handed my notice in, he was like, oh, you should have you should have come to me, I would have helped you, we could have got you a job here because it was recruitment agency. And yeah, so I remember I was thinking of that as like, oh, maybe that would be a good piece of advice. And I was like, actually, no, because really this piece of advice is the other side of the coin of my first piece of advice. Because what he was telling me in that moment was that I should have gone against all my instincts. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have trusted myself. And I should have just put my, I should have told him, got him to do things, do it for me, you know, do all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. There was a reason why, you know, I was working as a marketer in a recruitment agency. There was a reason why I didn't get a new job through that agency. And Mm. so, yeah, that's kind of, I guess what it is, is that to, again, be trusting yourself and not just because people tell you something to do and they're in a position of, inverted commas, authority, doesn't mean that they're telling you the right thing to do if it goes against everything inside you every alarm bell inside you is ringing their advice isn't right for you Mm. yeah I love that it links into the whole don't give up pieces of advice as well you know keep going keep at it whereas if it's not what you actually want there's no point you might as well give up Mm -hmm. it's fine to give up if it's not what fires you up Mm -hmm. mine's weirdly similar I think is it Yeah, although it's a bit more specific. Okay. I had that your parents know best. Always listen to your parents and the whole mum knows best piece of advice. Because, yeah, I (laughs) really... My my mum is very... um, She loves giving out advice. Probably why I'm... (laughs) Maybe why I'm so into advice. Uh, Yeah, she loves to give out advice and she thinks that she knows best, as I'm I'm sure most mums do. And I... I feel like often it's a case of should have listened to my mom, should have listened to my parents. They always knew what was right for me. And linking back to what you said earlier, Kate, I think we know what's right for us. Mm. And especially with the the parental side of it, my mom, my mom very much still wants me to be a little girl. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want me to grow up. Do you, do you have that with being an only child more? Maybe I'm wondering. I don't I don't know, but I'm interested. Is that a nosy question? Sometimes, yes. and Because I'm, I'm quite like physically separate from them as well. So you it's are, not like yeah. I'm in, uh, physically yeah. there all the time. So it is slightly different. My mum's only half an hour at the road and I yeah. see her all the time with the, the horses. But we have this kind of grapple between the 
the adult child、mm. relationship, and it's I'm it's kind of my life's work to become an adult in my mum's eyes, and that we end up on a, <laughs> a level playing field at some point. Hopefully, it will it will happen. But I feel like our parents sometimes can want us to be someone else, not from a place of, and it, it comes. What I'm trying to say, it comes from a place of love, but often it's not what's best. For us,、mm. it goes back to what we were saying about it's not about you. They are projecting. Yeah, fears can be projected on、yeah. onto onto you as well. And if I'd only ever listened to my mom, I wouldn't be living the life that I'm living now. No, same. All my mom's life advice is is terrible. It's not by any stretch, but I think that the weight that is placed on parental advice. Can be quite crippling、mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and I've I've found it quite quite crippling when I was、um, when I was growing up because I'm really different to my mom. We look like exactly the same. It's really bizarre. We look <laughs> exactly the same. It's just an older version.、Um, but personality wise, we're totally different. In you know, we've got the horses in common, but interests and like I've said, she's really extroverted. We're so different, and the you know her career aspirations were totally different to mine. So yeah, I think it's much more important to try and tune into your own intuition, to your own wants and desires, and yes, obviously look to other people for advice, but don't always assume that your parents know what's best、mm. for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't particularly like that piece of advice, probably because I see it as a little bit of a, a chain. Yeah, that's what. That's the image that that sparks in my brain when I when I hear it. I feel like it's.、Um, Especially as women, you know, as well. I know I always throw that one in there. <laughs> Especially as women, I, you know, you have generations of women that never moved away from their parents. They stay so close, and then they get dependent on them for childcare. And yeah, I feel like as women, we weren't brought up to tune into our own intuition and follow what we really wanted in life. As much as maybe what boys were, well, and in a positive way, I think the female empowerment is moving so fast, generation to generation, that like yeah, the lives、is. we live are like so removed from our mothers, let、so、alone our、different. grandmothers, in terms of the options and things like that. Obviously, there's still a vastly long way to go with this, but you know the things that our mothers would have been advised. Like absolutely, just doesn't figure in the world that we live in now, and that's that's a difficult thing to to navigate、mm-hmm. as well. It re- actually it reminds me of Dawson's Creek, which you know I'm a, you know、okay. I'm a huge you know I'm just a huge Dawson Creek fan. It, do you know what Dawson's Creek is full of excellent life advice, like perennial life advice that transcends from the nineties. And it was Pacey actually, and I'm not sure if he's telling Joey. I think he might be telling Joey. He says to her that. There comes a point in your life when you realise that your parents are basically just people, and in a lot of cases, they're more fucked up than you are.、Mm. Yet you've grown up kind of idolising、yeah. them and thinking that they were these know-all beings.、Mm. But there comes a point when you realise, oh, <laughs> you've got some unhealthy behaviours. <laughs> just they're just people. It's quite it's quite a bizarre thing.、Um, yeah. Okay, so now it's time for our. 
postbox segment of the podcast and today's question comes from Olivia and she has sent in I've taken steps in the last year to simplify my life decluttering most of my possessions splitting household tasks into little daily segments to keep on top of things and getting up an hour earlier each day but I still struggle to find time for the things I enjoy which is surely the purpose of living a more simplified and streamlined life I always seem to be too busy Maybe a question for Jess in particular. Can you quantify how much more time you have now each day or week to spend time doing things you enjoy just for you? Maybe I'm missing something. Mm. I think it's amazing that you've taken all the steps to simplify. I just wonder if it's become a little bit too rigid. Mm. As in the specific about getting up an hour earlier each day and splitting things into little segments to keep on top of things. That feels like quite a rigid routine, which we've, we've talked about mm. in great depth. In another, in the routine podcast episode that we did, I am in no way able to quantify how much more time I have because I don't track my time like I think you do, mm. Olivia. But I know that I have a lot more time to spend doing things that I enjoy but I know the only reason I have that time is because I've had to say no to a lot of other things and the way that I did that is all the steps that I imagine you've taken to declutter which you sound really happy about that's great all those steps that you've taken to declutter things I took to declutter my time so things like toxic friendships things like commitments that I didn't want to keep up I had to let go of my people-pleasing mentality quite significantly and I had to really exercise my strength in using the word no and I have written about this in great depth there's so much that I could talk to you (laughs) about this now but we'll link to my blog post which is how to say no I would have a read of that and maybe then think about things that you want to declutter to give you more time because time I guess is a little bit like a pie in that we do only have so much of it we as much as we try and stretch it and I think we're in danger right now of believing that we have more time than what we actually do and I'm someone who is all too aware of um, time and how little time I actually have. And that there's there's nothing that you can do to change that. You have the time it's given. We've, we've all got 24 hours in a day. It's how we split them that mm-hmm. matters. And you, as, as much as we all want to fit everything in there, it's just not possible is, is the hard, fast truth of it. And it comes down to what you want to spend your time on, Mm. what fills you up, how you want to spend your days. What do you think? I really empathise with Olivia because although I haven't done the kind of crusade of simplification that she has done in terms of, I'm certainly not getting up an hour earlier for anything, but (laughs) there was two words that came up for me when reading her letter and one was permission and one was priorities. So it sounds like if you've done all this stuff that that there is maybe a hint of self-deprivation going on and 
that to make sure you've actually given yourself permission to have the things that you say you want because it's very Mm. easy to put them on a pedestal and look at them and not actually live it and the second thing priorities is that are you actually prioritizing those things over others so i know you jess Mm. always schedule in your life stuff before you schedule in work stuff i do and maybe if olivia is spending so much time you know scheduling in the housework and scheduling and the other stuff that actually she's not prioritizing Mm those stuff so make sure you're really clear about what those priorities are and give your time to those before you give it to the other things I agree I think maybe if you could try flipping it around that would be a really interesting exercise so like Kate said you schedule in all the other stuff in maybe put that on the back burner and schedule in the stuff that you really love to give yourself permission to do and then see how much time you've got left the other thing that I really like to do is keep a month because I I always think, you know, a must-do is very different to a to-do. And I try and live in accordance with must-dos as opposed to just, oh, I, I should be doing that, I should be doing that, I should be doing that. I only focus on the things that have to be done. And I ask myself quite frequently, what would happen if I didn't do this thing? And usually the answer is nothing. Like, you can mm. just stay on the sofa a bit longer if you want. Put put another episode of Poirot on, it's fine. <laughs> so try, try doing that. Try easing off it a little bit and try and come at it from a different angle from an an angle of these are the things that are my priority I love Mm. how you picked up on that on that word Kate there's a lot of I'm doing all the things I should be doing in here Mm. and so actually like well do the things that you want to do (laughs) yeah like what is it that you really want to be Mm. doing and then schedule that in first there's always things that can be cut and it can be really, really scary to think that, you know, I can't say no to this person or I can't cut that out. But asking yourself what would happen if you did, what would genuinely happen? The answer is is nowhere near as scary as what we usually think. It wasn't for me anyway. And I treasure my free time doing things that I enjoy. That's That's what I live for. Agreed. So if you have a question like Olivia that you'd love to ask us, you can email us at thelittlechapters at gmail.com and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Little Chapters. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it inspirational and perhaps a little bit galvanising too. If you have a friend who you think would really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode. Yeah, we want to reach as many people as possible and hopefully build up a bit of a community around the podcast as well. So if you can think of anyone who might benefit from this episode, please, please share it with them. And if you could leave us a review and a rating in iTunes as well, that will help to boost us and help other people find us. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.